Hello, my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. I am Reagan, and welcome back to this very special episode of the F the Nice Guy podcast. I don't know about you all, but for the first time, I have been involved in some book talk drama about a certain nice guy. And I have brought on a very special guest to talk with me about this who shall remain unnamed man uh, who's all over our feeds. Her name is Amber. She is a cognitive psychologist and an author. She focuses on marriage, motherhood, and mental health. Her content is amazing. She's incredible. I watch her videos all the time, and I am happy to say we are friends. And now she's on my podcast. So, hi. <laughs> It's so fun to make these connections, especially when, like, like I was saying earlier, I've followed you for so long on your other page, and then to connect over nice guys behaving badly is just wonderful. It's hilarious. It's like, <laughs> how did we get here? I guess, I guess, you know, being a woman is just mm. got a lot of shared experiences. Good lord. Okay, so this story started in a seemingly sincere place, right? Like you, we had this guy who seemed well-intentioned maybe, like, but was misguided, very misguided. And we end in the pits of hell. <laughs> like, yes. So quickly. It all- So fast. It was so fast. It seems like usually the nice guys have a longer trajectory. You know, it's like the, like the, the TNT and the the little thing is going down. It's long. It's a yes. thank you. It's a long fuse. This one was so short. I it know. was like it was like I'm a nice guy. Oh <laughs> no, I'm terrible. It was so fast. I'm a nice guy. Incel. Like yeah. whoa, whoa. We're gonna have to do our best to to take you on this journey with us because it's a doozy. Twists and turns. The more you dig into this person, the more there is to find out. And like it is one of the most clear cut and best cases of trust your freaking intuition ladies yes 100 percent. you gotta trust book talk women i'm sorry you trust them i don't know what it is with ladies on book talk but like this was so quick like i have seen so much content like of men pandering to women in an insincere fashion and this was a community that that right out of the gate was like no Something's no, off. we're not having it. But what I was shocked by is like over here in our space where we're mm -hmm. talking about feminist issues, we're talking about nice guys, we're talking about the problems of the pratfall nice guy and all like that. And I kind of always felt like maybe we were the main community that was having that conversation. And to see like the women of book talk are not having any of that nonsense. They pick up on it immediately. And I was just like, I have found my people. Like, wait truly. a second. <laughs> I yeah. feel like because they've read so many stories. They're like, I know how this one ends. Yes. <laughs> Amber, do you want to just like paint a picture of the first, the initial <laughs> incident with this man? Like how he started presenting his content? Yes, I would be more than happy to do that. <laughs> so originally, I believe he had an account that was just a an account as a reader. And he engaged on BookTok in that way. And the only reason why I figured that out is because I was watching other people make videos about this. And I saw that he was in the comments from his, this other account. No. Okay. Yes. So at some point he writes his book 
And in an effort to try to promote this book, he creates a new account that is just his name as an author. And he begins promoting this book. Clearly, this book is not written for women, judging from the name of the title. And the imagery. Yeah. And imagery. Yes. Which, by the way, he has tattooed on his arm. I saw that. I was like, big swing, brother. Like, like God. Uh, yes. Red flag number one. <laughs> yes. Then just like maybe wait until it's been successful before you go do that. But okay. His big idea is realizing that he is going to try to promote this book to women. But how is he going to do that? Because already, I think even he was starting to get signals that this book wasn't going to do well with women, right? This was already becoming clear, I imagine, from reviews that were coming in. So the way that he decided to go about um, promoting this book was to say, I have never read female authors. And I'm trying to get my book onto the New York Times bestseller list. And the way I'm going to do that is to read one book a day, and I'm going to try to make it be female authors because I've never bothered to read female authors before. And, and weirdly, this, this was signal number one to me that we have a performative wokeness problem, like trying to pander to women because he kept saying women authors. He refused to say female authors. Uh -huh. So it was like signal number one not understanding the rules of grammar very well as a, from an author's perspective. You're like, as an author, can I just say something real quick about right. it not being correct? Right. There's nothing problematic about saying female authors, right. but you could tell that this guy has watched, has like, has peered around on feminist TikTok sure. enough to know that we don't like being called females. Right. So he's saying women authors. Um, And so he's doing this with what we thought might be good intentions is yes. he said, I'm, I realize a blind spot in myself. I realize I haven't been reading female authors or women authors, and I want to correct that. So every day I'm going to review a book written by a female author until I get on the New York times bestseller list. Yes. So immediately a lot of women were saying to him, Hey, you know, that's really great. Don't stop platforming Right. Female authors. Right. But we have some questions about why you never considered reading female authors before and why you're only reading them now in an effort to get on the New York Times bestseller list. Well, and like, let's let's look at that. Just the surface level of that is obviously it rubbed people the wrong way. But at first glance, you're like, oh, okay, this guy is trying to do better like that's the top level i feel like before you do any like critical analysis of what this man was doing and i remember like just as someone who was watching it and getting tagged in it relentlessly um <laughs> i like i saw that and i you know just off the first view i was like okay and then you dig deeper into that so it's like all right so this guy is being upfront and that I don't read I don't read books by women <laughs> like I never have no interest and you're like okay well that's interesting so you are pandering to women clearly by the choice that you're making and yet you're saying you have never read them and the only reason you are reading them now is to get your book publicity and attention. So 
in reality, if we're just critically digging into this, you are using a woman's fame, a woman's talent and skill to promote yourself. And he even like yes. had books by women in the background. And he's saying, well, I never read books by women. So it's like, did you, so you bought all those for this and then performatively have stacked a bookcase behind you. So all the titles are showing. So that's already hitting those red flags of like, this is performative. This something feels off. This is, this isn't giving what he thinks it's giving. Right. And women noted that from the beginning, how his background actually changed over time, mm -hmm. how in his first videos, it was only books by male authors. And then as time went on suddenly, and, and to some that extent, dressing. Like, <laughs> right. To some extent, I guess it would make sense. Oh, okay. You're buying books written by women. Now you would put them back there, but but there's a number of things that make this suspect, right? First of all, how on earth are you sitting down and reading an entire book every single day? Bingo! Not very possible. So what I assume you're doing is you are reading synopses, probably written by other women, and regurgitating that here. Because it's absolutely impossible. I'm so sorry, but like it, it's if impossible. He, unless he has no life. Unless he literally does nothing but sit there and go, all right, I'm putting in an 18 hour day on this book. And even if you did do that, how could you ever possibly retain it? Like you wouldn't be able to like really understand it. Anyways, I, I agree with you. Impossibly. It's not, it's not <laughs> happening, bro. Like you're not, I, I, like, I remember telling my wife about this because of course I was ranting to my wife about this immediately. I was like, you won't believe this. Um, and she goes, because my wife is very well she's very intelligent but she's very logical whereas i'm like the creative crazy person um and she hears that story and she pauses and she goes he didn't read a book a day that's impossible oh. and i was like oh my god i was so busy thinking about the other stuff i didn't even catch that like that big huge red flag that's like and, and if you look at i don't want to get too far ahead of myself but if you actually listen to his reviews they aren't detailed at no, all of course not also using like the weird batman voice too like this uh, <laughs> what, what why are we doing this why he's a it, defender it, of the woman's city amber <sighs> you know this <laughs> and it became clear too for just from those first few videos this is not even someone who knows enough about the female psyche in order to just promote a book in order to even just review a book in a way that would be of interest to women. And we'll, I know that we'll get into this later, but like elements of his book too show you how much this, this man does not know how to write women and how to write for women. It's right. so clear. His targeted demographic with this promotion versus the people that would actually like his book are so different like yes let's so when this first came out we didn't know what his book was right we hadn't dug deep i hadn't certainly when i saw the first thing i didn't know the book like obviously i hadn't hadn't heard of it <laughs> it's not on the bestseller right. list yet uh but you would think that the content of that book would be aimed at women and i i think we all assumed or one could reasonably assume with the way he was promoting it that it would be aimed at women or at least friendly and safe for women to read without being triggered 
Yes. I think he thinks this book is for women. Oh no, really? <laughs> oh no. I do. I do think that. And I think he said himself that it's a self insert. So it's the main character is supposed to be reflective of him. And I said this in one of my videos, it's as though he wanted to write a book about a man's redemption arc using women just as the vehicle to show his redemption arc and endear himself to women. And then women would go on and on about how this is one of the good guys. Oh God. Okay. Oh, Amber. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's pause that right there because I want to kind of keep going down this journey as we uncover those things, right? As we figure out what this book is about. So at this point, we have, we know these red flags are popping up. People are giving him bad feedback, accurate feedback, but negative accurate feedback. And kind. Yes. But, it did start kind. Right. In the beginning. Now I will, I will say commenters and creators are very different breeds, right? Anybody who creates any kind of content on the internet is going to get nasty comments in their comment section, right? For you sure. have to put that aside. If you look at how actual creators were handling him, it was done with respect, with benefit of the doubt. I would also like to point out his goal was to get on the New York's bestseller list, which is fewer than 500 books make it on the New York Times bestseller list. That yeah. was his goal. Right. So <laughs> looking, looking at that, I just want to flag as we're telling this story, flag some noticeable things. So that alone is a big flag because he's coming out with his book and he's saying, I'm going to do this promotion until I hit this benchmark, yeah, which is arguably near impossible. And his book is self-published by the way which That's right. is notoriously hard for, I'm, I don't know, maybe you could probably speak, I'm over here like, as a layman's person, like, <laughs> let me tell you, you know what, wonderful author, like skilled writer, like professional, let me tell you. But to, to the listeners, like, it's so much harder for self-published authors, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I was doing some research, to get on this list because of like distribution, getting like getting sales out there. Not to knock self-publishing in any way. Yeah. There, Abby, who you just had on the show, has pub self-published seven books. I have two of them sitting on my bookshelf there. I need to get them. But when you go through a publishing route, like my book has been picked up by a publisher and that the whole reason why it will not be until next fall when it comes out is that there are months of edits you go through your editor and then it goes to a copy editor and then it comes back to you. You have to make revisions. And these are all things that are happening to make sure that what you deliver is a book that will be sensitive, that will be timely. There are sensitivity writers who work at these publishing houses who are like paying attention to these things. Right. right? So the very fact that it, I would assume that, you know, most authors, they have beta readers. They have people who will read their book just as a courtesy and like, let them know what they think. I'm assuming this guy is surrounded by yes men and yes women who have just told him, oh, it's great. It's wonderful. And that's the, that's the mindset that he's coming from. That's the assumption with the product, I think. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, one can only assume. Now we don't know, but that is, yeah. that was the vibe. And I think for me, putting all of those factors together, the biggest flag is the entitlement and the ego 
right yes. off the bat. There's quote unquote mean girls in the book. Okay. That was mm -hmm. one of the books that he reviewed and he comes back on book talk. Now he's said, this is for women. Women are giving him feedback. And what does he come back with a video where he literally is like, I read this book. <laughs> I read this book about mean girls. Little did I know the mean girls were right here on book talk right here on book talk <laughs> with like the batman voice I literally quote that is a quote from him yeah the mean girls are on, it's like okay that's so so we're all like whoa that's an interesting reaction from you my guy his portrayal of this is i came on here trying to amplify women's or uh, female authors voices and they're being mean to me they're attacking they me yeah, yeah, they're going, they're giving me bad reviews. I don't even think they've read my book. And granted, they were giving him bad reviews, but they also were giving him reviews that spoke to his intention. This is where he specifically asked for feedback. Yes. Well, we need to make something really clear is at this point, no one is even talking about his book yet, right? He's yes. not even asking for feedback on his book. He asked specifically, am I exploiting women? through my project that I'm doing of speaking about female authors. Okay. So this was, this wasn't even, no one gives a shit at this point about your book. We're talking about something totally different, which is the way that you're promoting it. That was where it started with people having the problem. And I feel like he's trying to erase that part of the story, mm -hmm. which is that the negative book reviews on Goodreads didn't start happening until people realized that he asked a question of us pretending that it was in good faith. We put in a whole bunch of emotional energy and labor into helping him answer that question. And he came back and shit on us. <laughs> and here's the other thing is he noticeably early on, despite being the one who had asked the question was blocking women was deleting yes. comments and particularly was blocking people who gave good faith responses to him and was only really interacting or commenting on the people who were so frustrated that they were angry yeah that is what he drew attention to there are several creators who said i gave you honest feedback like people who were not you being one of them people who were like hey you asked for feedback here it is do you want to just give us a brief summary of, of what you said to him yeah so so my summary to him was like listen he even in the bio of his book because i went and looked right i was shocked when i saw the title of his book <laughs> i was like oh jesus this is gonna be a disaster yep i go in there and i see that the book is about uh, this this character, right, who is like dealing with his past porn addiction and his dehumanization of women. Um, and he talks about this this character arc of learning how to not dehumanize women. So I point that out to him, right? I was like, your book is touching on not dehumanizing women, but you are in this very act of promoting your book this way on the backs of the talent and skill and success of women you are in fact dehumanizing 
female authors in the way that you're going about this. Um, and I pointed out to him, I was like, I don't think that you're asking this in good faith because you've already called us mean girls. You've already laid in that video. He laid the foundation to skew public opinion in his favor for anyone who was just showing up to the conversation. Classic spin. <laughs> Classic nice guy spin. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't think you're looking for a good faith answer to your question, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. And so I yeah. told him you are dehumanizing women, this and that. And then I went to a part in his bio where it actually, or not his bio, but in the description of the book where he has actually said, and let's not skip over the fact that the main character's last name is good night with a K in it, like good night, like white knighting. Okay. <sighs> and with the help of his well-intentioned but probably misguided therapist so i as a matter of being charitable and of good faith said you know what nate i don't think you're a bad guy i don't think there's anything sinister about this but i do think you are a well-intentioned if misguided voice on this matter mm -hmm. and that was it it was very nice it was very you know it was very like i'll give you the benefit of the doubt it was like kind like so many of the responses were in the same vein as yours. Definitely people got pissed as well. But like, there were a lot of cr big creators that were like, ask and receive. Here's my viewpoint. You can yeah. do better. Like there was an opportunity for him to grow, change, apologize, acknowledge. Like there was, this was not a shut door for him. Mm -hmm. So he does all that. Then he realizes he's getting negative reviews. Then he's really ticked off. He's like, what the heck? What's going on here? This is crazy. I would never do this to someone. And like, there was a moment that I thought like, uh, like, cause there, you know, it's like, there is a little bit of a moral dilemma. Cause it's like, if you haven't read the book, but you're giving it a one star, right? Because at the time, I also didn't know what the book was about. So I was like, oh, well, let me go into that and see what's going on there. Because again, most of the women who are watching this content are actually like digging, like every creator I know dig, like nobody was just yeah. like, screw this guy specifically. I don't yeah. know the context. We all <laughs> got all the facts. We were all like doing research to make sure we, girl, we did more research trying to talk about what this man did than this man did for his own book. <gasps> oh my God. Yes. Yes. Literally, we spent more time researching it than he probably did it to write a book about women. Totally. We, we have to spend more time getting research to critique a man coming into our spaces than a man does to think he should be the voice of us. And to write a 200 something page book. Oh God, let let that listeners let that sink in. Throwing out opinions on like should should or shouldn't people do a review like that, right? People went in there and noticed, wait a second, this book has a lot of five-star reviews. And these five-star reviews are being reviewed by people who have only ever reviewed one book. Yes. And there was, and I, I, I love your perspective because I feel like as an author, I feel like you will be able to pick up on some of the subtleties that I don't just as a, like a person, but like, even I, when reading some of the five star reviews started realizing common phrases that were being used, common points that were being in the five stars that were being talked about the fact that these were like page long 
in-depth reviews like people saying like it's the best book book they've ever read but in the yes. reviews there is language girl i don't know if you saw this review i don't, i might just make you laugh but there's a review that's like <laughs> talks about how this is a gen z book and it starts with dead ass this book is amazing like like someone oh my god and i'm like no uh-uh no i don't buy that one that one was the was one of the ones that i was like i don't believe that's like a commercial that a boomer wrote for gen z to say like dead ass this party's lit like no nobody talks like that mm -mm. not on a book review let me just read one review and, and the audience can tell me what they think, if this is a real one. Absolutely the best book I've ever read. No matter your sex, religious belief, culture, or race, this is an absolute must read. The journey the main characters take will resonate with anyone who has developed their inner world in the digital age and almost certainly sparks some self-reflection. It is a perfect mesh of self-discovery, sex positivity, mental health, conspiracy revelation, and spirituality. If I could give it six stars, I would. And I quote, we are Gen Z and this author is our prophet. Oh, oh, what? That, tell me you think that's real. Tell me you think that's just a person. No, absolutely not. Especially knowing that he's trying to depict this book as the Gen Z Bible. What in the grandiose narcissistic? <laughs> what? Someone oh goes, someone comments, oh, this person's name. This is just sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's a disaster. And there's no way that that's real. I'm yeah. sorry. There's that, just I, no that sums it up, I think. What are, What does the distribution of reviews look like in the four, three, and two stars? Are there Are there many? I love that you brought that up. Let me tell you, they are fourteen five stars, only one four star, and thirty one one stars as of this moment. Bullshit. Okay, then it's then it's bullshit. It is bullshit. You will never find a book that has a distribution like that with all fives and all ones. Yep. If you're getting organic, natural reviews, you are going to have people on all parts of the spectrum, you know? So it's, it's, it's absolutely unthinkable that he would have only five star and one star reviews. Let's, let's keep on going with the videos he's making. And then let's talk about the book. He comes back again and not only the title that you see, so the title of the video itself, and then the title that you can see in the uh, thumbnail is book talk is not a safe place for authors. And he yes. says, now he's spinning it in this video, there is a quote unquote, disturbing trend, a dangerous new trend. Yeah, a dangerous new trend happening on book talk. He he does basically like a like a PSA type of thing where he's like, look, I get it. You you don't like me or whatever, but going on to Goodreads and giving false reviews. Uh, news alert, he's giving fake reviews. Uh, hello, hello, <laughs> calls coming from inside the house. Right, Misogyny. right. He's saying you are eroding the foundation of Goodreads and book reviews everywhere. By canceling a book you haven't read, you not only erode the trust that readers have with websites like Goodreads, you do irrevocable damage to books that might actually have something good to say if you just 
took the time to read them. And and this is where, this is what I really take away from this and what I want to talk about so badly is that this is where you really begin to see the pratfall nice guy, the nice guy TikToker fall apart where they become the nice guy in the first place because they they hate women. Yes, okay? yes. Women have reflected that hatred back to them Yep. And said, okay, well, we hate you back, dude, because you really <laughs> suck. Guess what? Yeah. It's feelings That's... mutual, my guy. And he takes that to mean that I I'm such a good guy and women don't like me and whatever. I'm just going to keep on portraying the nice guy until someone falls for me, right? And then they keep getting criticism and negative feedback from women because they haven't done the work. They haven't actually divorced themselves from their misogyny and from their negative opinions of women. And then when, when they get these critiques from women, it justifies in their head, the hatred that they already had, mm -hmm. but they don't have the self-awareness to know that they already hated women. So what they say is I'm now entitled to be angry at you because I was here being a nice guy and I put the nice guy coins in the machine and bitches popped out. You know, it's like, <laughs> and he truly my favorite. Hates. You've said another line like that before. That shit is my favorite thing. I gotta, I'll believe that. <laughs> but like, I put nice guy coins and bitches came out. Where's the sex? I wanted right. the sex coins. Right. Where's my, where's my slutty woman that I, where's my Madonna and whore that I ordered? This bitch is like, these bitches are not what I requested. Yeah, uh, but I, 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 I don't mean to interrupt, but I love the point you're making there where it's like they use the reaction to people unpacking the misogyny they already had. They're yes. using the reaction to their action as the inciting incident of why they're going to be why they're misogynistic. They're like, yes. no, I didn't hate women before this, but now now that you've given me a reason to me being victimized by all these women now i am upset now i have these bad beliefs but you made me do it yeah he sees it as his villain origin story yes even though he was the villain from the beginning and that's why people picked up on his villainous ways <laughs> When you are getting these subtle signs and these red flags and these gut feelings about a man, as we did in the first video, you are dealing with the man we see in the last video. And that's yes. why we trust our gut. Yes. Yes. Oh, that right there. That is like the most perfect soundbite. Okay. So let's get to the final video, which I believe has been taken down, right? Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> I wonder why. He got so badly ratioed, like before it came down, <laughs> I think he had like a hundred likes and thousands of comments. It was the worst ratio I've ever seen on a video. Oh, well, let's explain why. So yes. I have to point out the music choice. I can't play it because <sighs> it's copyrighted. He uses the music that people on TikTok use for like a mysterious thing has happened or like like a creepy news story where it's like a, a man was walking alone in the woods and he felt safe until he saw two glowing eyes like it's it's absurd just like clearly setting the stage of like this is a conspiracy like they're out to get me so because it's copyrighted i can't play it for you but i'm going to do a dramatic reading 
A dramatic reading. Yes. yes. <laughs> because he is, if anything, dramatic. And again, like, if we had any question as to him using women in a nasty, negative, exploitative way, he is getting pushback from women saying they don't like what he's doing. And literally, he has taken their pain and is like, and here's my book. So let's let's just read this. Uh, buckle up, everyone. <clears throat> book Talk does not want you to read this book. A few days ago, I made a promotional video for my book highlighting women authors. To my utter amazement, the predominantly female users of Book Talk reacted to it with hate and vitriol, the likes of which I have never before witnessed in my life. My comment section immediately filled with personal attacks, calling me names I can't even say on this app. Within hours, stitches of my video were popping up all over BookTok, with some creators going so far to say I should stop highlighting women authors in my promotion altogether. When your ideology goes as far as to actually harm the people you claim to care about, maybe it's time to rethink that ideology. But they didn't stop there. When they realized I wasn't responding to their name calling, they started to attack my book, review bombing it in mass without hardly an intelligent critique of my writing, cancel culture at its finest. And the ones who chose to read it either could not or willfully chose not to empathize with its main character, a young man struggling with mental illness, much like the movie Joker. <laughs> Oh, God. Ugh. My book centers around a troubled, disenfranchised man who struggles with intrusive thoughts and addictive behaviors. And I think BookTok's reaction to my book speaks to a much larger problem with our society, that most women become uncomfortable when faced with true masculine vulnerability. And I don't blame them. Most men have very dark thoughts, but if we want to work to have a better world, we need to learn to be present with each other, even in our darkest, most vulnerable moments. And can I add in here, because I'm so glad I screenshot this now that the video is down. Do you want me to read the caption? What was actually in the description of the video? Amber, I have never wanted anything more. This book struck a chord with the wounded feminine energy on this app. Most men these days feel very uncomfortable, excuse me, most women these days feel very uncomfortable when faced with true masculine vulnerability. It is a problem that is plaguing our society and needs to be discussed. Hashtag men, hashtag masculinity, hashtag men's issues, hashtag men's mental health, hashtag men's mental health matters. Where do you want to start with this? Okay. <laughs> I feel as if this is a deliberate shift. Now, if I thought he was a genius, which I don't think he is. <laughs> <laughs> I would even say this was a deliberate situation where he antagonized women, got them to give him a response, and then used it to rile up the incels to make this exact type of video. I do not think he has the, as he would call it, what did he say? Intelligent, intelligent critique. I don't think he has the capacity for that intelligent of a marketing ploy. But it is fascinating that all of a sudden, he has completely shifted where he was before like championing, championing, say, how do I say that word? Championing. Championing. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Ouch, brain. Championing women and female authors. Now he is condemning women and like going full into this is a woman problem. And, and the shift over such a short amount of time is shocking to me.
Now, my my take on that would be because I agree with you. I don't think he was. I don't think that he was smart enough to have planned this out. And there are people who are saying that on Book Talk that like this was the end goal from the beginning. I think it's more likely that what happened was that this is a person who is going to use whatever means necessary. So he thought that by, you know, kind of coming alongside of the feminist movement, you know, the things that we're talking about regarding uh, patriarchy and, and all like that, he thought he would come alongside that and we would all love him and adore him and prop him up. And when mm. that didn't happen, I mean, just looking even at his hashtags, you can tell that this was a man who really, really quickly got himself on board and 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 up to speed on the men's mental health, men's right activism kind of thing, and now is pivoting that way. Because let me see if this will work instead. Mm-hmm. You know, women, and really, if it's it's kind of very insidious when you think about it, because it starts off with how do I use women and women's pain in order to promote my book and get it on the New York times bestseller list. Okay. The women aren't having it. Who can I use next? Oh, fragile, broken men who need to be in therapy, but who won't go, but they'll maybe buy my book instead and feel validated by it. Right. Don't go to therapy, buy my book. Yeah. I mean, he used, it's like, he's just using women left and right. Like, let me use their talent when they get mad. Let me use their anger. When I want to write a book, let me use their pain. Let my main character use women's bodies. Like, I believe when he started this, he really did think, I love, I'm a champion of women. Look, I do nice things for women. I'm helping them out. I'm doing these nice things. Because a lot of the quote unquote nice guys do think that. They think what they do is something that should be celebrated and championed and pat on the back and, oh, what a good man you are. Mm -hmm. But when faced with criticism, the underlying thing is that they're, their championing of women was only ever for validation was only ever because it made them look good it was never because they cared about the women themselves if your kindness and your support of women is only given when you get something in return when you get praise when you get a claim or when you need something then you're not really a nice guy and now he's getting to the seed of who he is just as we are which is that he has very negative views of women he feels very entitled to them and he feels completely justified to tear them down and use them how he sees fit at at the moment he's receiving criticism yes and i think that's very telling it is and i and i almost would say that it's a step further than that because i couldn't sleep last night and i was up thinking about this and now i have a draft in my uh, drafts folder for tiktok that i'm be posting later today yeah because the thing that i think became apparent to me as I watched this man unravel under the scrutiny of women was that I think that something that the nice guy uh, ideology hinges upon is the assumption that women hate themselves. In order for the nice guy shtick to work, it it is predicated upon women hating themselves. Mm -hmm. And so a person like him feels as though if they come onto the internet and they are this man who's championing women and uplifting women, all of us who who hate ourselves and who see little value in ourselves will praise him and and hoist him up because oh my gosh someone someone's speaking up for us and we should be so grateful and and so happy right and when when women 
look at that and go, hey, actually, no, we don't hate ourselves. We actually really love ourselves and we love who we are and we love what we're about. And we don't feel that you're representing us well. And it's not only that you're not representing us well, you're you're doing something that is harmful. A nice guy cannot handle women not hating themselves, women standing up for themselves and saying exactly what they need. And so the next move of the nice guy TikToker and we've seen this over and over and over again on TikTok and with celebrities at large and um, in general, the next thing that they have to do then is come in and attack and criticize women. And it can be very hard to tell, is this coming from the fact that he just already really hates women and this was always on his heart and he has to criticize them now because the other, all the kindness was just a mask? Or is it that in some ways it's more sinister even, it's that I need you to hate yourself. So I'm going to come in and shame you and criticize you to say things like there wasn't even an intelligent criticism of my book. It is a way of trying to knock women down a peg because for the nice guy, the only women who are going to praise and applaud him are women who don't have healthy self-esteems and who hate who who they're hoping hate themselves I completely agree with that and it's like I want the only way you can shine to be with my help I want to raise you up I want to support you but I don't want you to be able to support yourself I want to be needed I Mm -hmm. need to be needed. And this has come out on podcasts with men where they will literally freak out. There's the, I commented on a video I had seen where a man was like, oh, you don't need me. Well, I told her to get out of the car and she got kidnapped, which like that didn't happen. (laughs) But, (laughs) But he could not fathom a woman would not need him. And when they're met with women who don't need, and I mean need, like I cannot without you when they're met with that when they are met with the woman who doesn't need the good night as he calls (laughs) his main character they can't handle it they need to be needed because that is where they get their esteem that is what that is the performative oh maybe that's what i was going for that like their masculinity is through performance They need Mm -hmm. to perform that masculinity to be validated and they don't have self-esteem. So when met with women with esteem who don't need men, what they react with is anger and they Mm -hmm. have to bring you down a peg. They have to bring you to their level because they need you to need them. And then they can be nice all day. I want to say right off the bat, something I found very interesting is in our first video, you made the amazing comment of the performative wokeness right you talked about the fact that he kept saying like women women what was women authors is that women authors yeah yeah. like because he had probably picked up women don't like being called female okay when he does this video he, he says to my utter amazement the predominantly female users of book talk and i think mm-hmm. that's fascinating because all of a sudden when he's mad He's calling, he's calling women female. Interesting. This is an angry statement. He is mad at the users. All of a sudden, not only are most of them women, which I mean, there's all kinds of people on book talk, by the way, like women, men, non-binary, trans people, like lots of people read books, my guy. But the fact that he says female users, 
when he's talking about them in a negative way, I thought was fascinating. Which is crazy to like, and I didn't catch that. That is a very good catch that he switched from women to female. But also I can just speak from just from the stitches and duets of my videos. There are so many men who are mm -hmm. calling this out as well. It is so intellectually dishonest to try to say that it's mostly women who are saying this because you can just look at my analytics and see how many men have, have stitched my video to talk about him. If that many men are stitching my video and I'm not the main person involved in this, think about how many men have stitched his video and how many notifications he has gotten of that, that he's- And that's the thing, he's not, in this entire, I don't, this manifesto, this verbal <laughs> manifesto he's written. Everything is twisted to fit his narrative. Like we can keep going on the ways he twists what happened. Let's talk about when he talks about the ideology. The exact quote <sighs> is when your ideology goes as far as to harm the people you claim to care about, maybe it's time to rethink that ideology. Um, ideology, women are like, this is harmful. Like we're harmed by what you're doing. He calls it an ideology. And like, that's a big red flag that he's turning this into rather than women are saying directly your book, your words, what you've done personally has affected us negatively. That's not mm -hmm. an ideology. Those are facts. And instead of that, he's pushing it outward as if it's just a, women have this ideology, which I, the subtext for me is like an anti-men anti ideology. An agenda. Right? An, an agenda. agenda. Exactly. You could sub out the word agenda, and that would get closer to what it seems like he really is trying to say, that you have an agenda. Yes. Which is bullshit. A hundred percent. He's talking about an agenda because he's like, when it goes as far as to harm the people you claim to care about, it's like, we are the people. What are you talking right. about? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, like us personally you harmed us and again I, I think you mentioned this before it's like he's pulling it outwardly it's not him and his book and <laughs> him and his book and his actions is women's agendas and women against men like because he cannot take accountability for what he's done and he's pushing it outward he's externalizing it and grandizing it rather than take just an, an inch of accountability yeah if, if i make this a systemic problem then it deflects off of me. And, and I, it's very interesting. If you look at his language, oh, there's a dangerous new trend on TikTok. We need to talk about like all of these broader issues because if I make it about this, this by the way, fabricated broader issue, then it's no longer about me. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not me, which is the, the rallying cry of the incel. It's like, it's not me. It's not, I can't get with girls, it's women. Like they're the problem. It's like, bro. And, and continuing on in this, like this is going back a little bit, but when he says within hours of my video, stitches were popping up all over book talk. So people were giving him feedback for the first six or so videos that they didn't like what he was doing. And when he talks about the stitches, he actually brings up behind him green screen of these stitches, right? And that's when we see that the reactions aren't to his content. The reactions are to the video where he starts calling book talk women mean girls. That's right. That's what they're stitching. They're stitching that attack. They're stitching like there's a dangerous trend in book talk. And so 
he himself is showing the evidence that he's misleading the people that he's talking to because it was never just like he made one post and women just started attacking him within hours. This is an ongoing thing. This went on for days. Right. And there's also, as I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking about something else that I, this, this thought finally gelled with me as you were talking about this, because this has been on my mind too. I found it very interesting. I think now I could be wrong, but of all the videos that I've seen, I think that I'm one of the largest creators um, that has called this out. And one thing that I have noticed is that he has been very retaliatory toward female creators who have small accounts. He has been blocking them, deleting their comments, getting nasty with them in the comment section. And weirdly, this man has not blocked me. He has not deleted any of my comments. He actually thanked me on one of my videos. He said, thank you, and, and hasn't blocked me or anything like that. And I've been trying to figure out why I think that is. There's always that feeling of like, oh, well, this, this person sees that I have a big following, so they think they can get some clout off me, and that's why they're not going to block me. They're hoping I'm still going to talk about this. But actually, as you're talking, I realize I think it's I think it's more of being so intimidated by a larger creator, a woman with more power than you have, because clearly he and he's losing followers by the day. I think he's lost almost a thousand at this point. Oh, I am um, loving to see it. I am loving it, <laughs> watching it dwindle down. Like when you have a few hundred thousand followers losing a thousand, that can happen in a day just because of like bot activity, right? But when you have 5,700 followers and you lose a thousand, that's a big deal. And so I think that it's, it, it, he's so intimidated by women who have power. And so he is on the one hand, sort of like molly coddling bigger creators that have more power than him sort of pandering to them while shitting on women who he thinks have less power than him you know women who don't create content or who do create content but have a small following i agree with you a hundred percent i think that was a very a, a perfectly put breakdown of what's happening here because in my experience which I have so much of with these nice guys, <laughs> hence the podcast. Um, but what I noticed is they are as big and bad as they will like to seem, they are deeply insecure, duh, but also easily threatened and easily intimidated. And the times that I've had these men have power over me would be in relationships where they broke me down over time or like I literally this guy was entirely nice to me until I had a medical situation uh long story short I like was out drinking with him and uh my, my medicine alcohol mix and I just like blacked out immediately it's okay. horrifying and he just let me go insane and didn't help me because I embarrassed him Ugh. he let that go for hours kicked me out of his house and said good luck prior to that point never came for me but but it was in that moment that the power shifted he had one moment where i was off my game this was not that long ago so i had done a lot of trauma work <laughs> within myself and at therapy but the one moment that i was vulnerable the one moment he felt he had power over me he dominated me and i think it's important to realize that these men will come for you when there's just 
any room for them to have power over you when there is any dynamic that they have the upper hand they're not going to attack you when you're emboldened and powerful they're going to sneak into your life they're going to slowly chip away at your strength they're going to bring you down a peg per our previous conversation about them like their goal is to get you to feel like shit about yourself they're going to mm -hmm. neg you they're going to do all these things because they will they cannot deal with strength in women he's talking about women can't deal with male fragility and vulnerability no y'all can't deal with strong women mm -mm. you can't deal with em empowered women you can't deal with women who are in their power and saying hey yeah we don't need you and so he's going for people that he that he feels like he can dominate because that's the only way that he feels strong enough to move forward rather right. than other women that like and again it also shows you it it shows you how a, a, an insecure man sees power dynamic because the amount of someone's following has nothing to do with their their strength of character right Right. But because these these men are so like fragile and into competition, they're like, oh, if they have a ton of followers they're I don't I don't want to mess with them. But let me just attack these women with a smaller following. And it's like, dude, your your fragility is showing my guy. Truly. That's right. And it's interesting that you had a slip a second ago because you were talking about his caption where he uses male vulnerability, but you said male fragility instead, which <laughs> is like. It's, it's very true because if you really look at it, there is absolutely nothing about the way he's handled this situation that shows vulnerability. 100%. Even his book doesn't show vulnerability because if it did, a book that's about vulnerability would portray your self-insert main character as a truly broken person um, who is sharing his battles and, and, and would paint it, – it would paint – your shortcomings in a way that is truly humble mm -hmm. and that actually shows that it is bad and it is wrong. But from everything that I've seen from this book, there it's, it's more of a sort of tongue in cheek, pithy, almost jokey kind of, of attitude and orientation toward the dehumanization of women. So there was no vulnerability in the book to begin with. And then when you look at the way he has handled all of this, he now wants to rewrite history and make it sound like he's been sticking up for men's mental health from the beginning, but he has not. This has been about using successful women to try to build an audience for himself so that he can sell books. And when women said, we don't like this, he lashed out and then pivoted to talk about men's mental health. And none of that is vulnerability. Fragility is when you take vulnerability and, and you strip it of everything that has, that has some good traits to it. That's how you get fragility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You take your underlying vulnerabilities and you, you just armor it up. And I love that you bring up the pivot into mental health and he, that he wasn't doing that before with men because his statement puts men in a negative light. And in my mind, attributes his own negative qualities, his own demons, if you will. They love to say that, don't they? Like, my demons, mm, my demons. <laughs> don't mess with my demons. Uh, it's like, dude, just go to therapy, please. Um, but like the part at which he says, most men have very dark thoughts. He is well he's projecting first of all like he had a struggle 
and again taking a an personal issue and pushing it outward and making it a different issue than it is like he's saying like well oh all men have very dark thoughts i don't think that's true actually i hope that's not true and i think he's showcasing the fact that he's willing to take down insult say anything negative about any group at this point no one's safe when it comes to making an argument for himself and taking accountability away from him instead of i had very dark thoughts he's saying men as a whole have Mm -hmm. very dark thoughts and it's like this is a you problem dude like this has been a you problem and lumping your negative your negative thoughts and your struggles onto all men as a whole particularly when that's such a such a like a a dark thing because the negative thoughts he have like in the book from what i've seen are dark it is dark what he's talking about to say that's all men i mean we know how they feel on TikTok if you even say the phrase all men. So like, it, it's very interesting how quickly he threw men under the bus when it came to take, taking away accountability for his own thoughts. Exactly. And and you know, this is the exact same kind of guy, like you said, who would be in the comment section of a women's video saying, not all men. It's yes. not all men. And it's like, dude, we're not saying that. Uh, the, the amount of times that I have gotten a not all men comment in a video where I have not said all men, where I have specifically said, Fragile men, men yes. who lash out at women, Same. men who need to go to therapy. Not all men. Did I say that? You're the only ones around here who are even making it seem like it's all men is you guys. And and then so here you have this guy who he's now trying to take his own internal struggles, impute those onto all men. Because again, now it's not a me problem. It's a men problem. It's not a me problem. It's a women problem. And if you're looking around at the entire world and everyone else is the problem, you're probably not at the place where you think you're at. Like if you ever find yourself having to qualify your choices and your behaviors and your actions by saying that it's a everyone else, a humanity problem, you're probably not on the right track. You're probably not <laughs> winning the argument. You might be lost somewhere. That's like uh, if if you go about your day and you run into one asshole, they probably are an asshole. But if you go about your day and every single person is an asshole, you probably are the asshole. <laughs> like it's right. probably you. And I think it's very interesting because the idea of like, he's saying women have an issue sitting with the dark thoughts of a man. And that to me is such a grotesque statement because Mm -hmm. guess what my guy women have been paying for the dark thoughts and dark actions of men since the dawn of time women's bodies have been the vessel of men's pain and trauma since day one we have been here we have been doing much more than sitting with them we have been the victims of them We have given our bodies to this. We have spent so much time unpacking this idea that we are responsible for your bad emotions. We are responsible for your healing. Mm -hmm. That's our role. That's been our role in society. And like, this is directly rant time. (laughs) Just a ding, ding, ding. This is directly linked to when the, the argument for men's mental health has been inextricably linked to women aren't sleeping with men and the Mm -hmm. fact that those two are linked just showcases that women have been responsible for that like without women men are not 
processing their emotions. When they make that link, which you are seeing in articles on podcasts, when you say, well, men are lonely, men, men are getting angry because women won't be with them, women won't sleep with them, women won't sit with them. Do you not see that that means you are incapable of processing your own emotions without a, without a woman? You're incapable. That's right. And you know, on my page, I talk a lot about marriage. Like, so my husband and I separated um, two years ago and I talk a lot about that time and about what that was like. And whenever I speak about this and I'm always incredibly fair, right? I talk about how my husband and I both had our own shit that we brought to the table and how we both had to go to therapy and we both evolved and changed. And every time I speak about this, I get men in my comment section who say, you sound like such a bitch. You sound like such a terrible person to be in a relationship with. Don't, and this is what gets me. Don't you understand that men are like toddlers, that we need you to give us praise and positive reinforcement if you want to get the behaviors out of us that you want. And if you choose not to treat us that way, then, and this is the best, you're being childish. And I'm like, what in the circular argument is this? So you guys are toddlers. And if we don't treat you like toddlers, then we're behaving like children. And so it begs the question, which is it? Are you guys kings and monarchs and leaders of governments? Or are you toddlers? Because you cannot have it both ways. If what you are saying is that to your point, Reagan, that that men need women to be the external processors of their feelings, if they need us to be the ones who are making sure that their mental health is good, that's fine. I'd be willing to take on that role if we were also in positions of power, if we dominated Congress, if we had at least one in fucking history female president, if if we didn't still have women not being able to get board seats on um in in you know fortune 500 companies and when they do everyone asks who'd you sleep with to get here right but it can't it can't be that you guys are the stronger sex and also are toddlers you want us to need you you want us you want to protect us you want us to need you and yet we're supposed to be your moms mm -hmm. you can't have it both ways that's right. I don't and, want it anyway, any of those ways. <laughs> right. Like, and I saw a, a, an Instagram post the other day where a woman said, the best marketing strategy I have ever seen is how men have successfully painted women as the more emotional sex by rebranding anger as not an emotion. Oh, girl. And that Ugh. got me so deep because as we're watching – this guy with all of this drama on book talk, you are seeing anger pour out of this man, like seep out of his pores and these dead shark eyes of his. <laughs> Truly. And, and then portray us like we're emotional. Mm -hmm. Like we're the, the ones- The vitriol. The vitriol, right? And, and here's the thing. I spent a lot of time actually, and I know you did too, going through and watching videos that women- There is, there is one girl, I sent you some of her videos- mm -hmm. I watched every one of her review videos and they were enormously fair. She talked about how she really felt like a lot of his plot points were really good. And if he would just polish his writing a little bit better and maybe educate himself on women's issues or portray this for what it actually is, which is a book for men, not for women, that it could be really good. She pointed out some of his good writing in the book 
and, and, and was so fair. I have yet to see somebody actually just like send vitriol his way. And he makes a comment in there where he says, calling me names that I can't even say on this app. No, sir. No, they are not. Because if they did, they would get a community violation. Right. So it's just all of it's bullshit. I don't, something you said just like pinged something in my brain too. this idea of like, you don't care. You don't care about our mental health. It's like, no, that's not it at all. We just are not going to be the, the injured party of your mental health. And as, as someone who struggles with mental health, like I am bipolar, I have ADHD and I, I'm gay. So <laughs> none of those are really, oh, that's going to sound like gay, being gay is a mental health struggle. No, that's actually a mental health solution. Um, oh, it's, that's it's, good. I like that. It's really helped my mental health, to be fair. But, <laughs> but one of the things with my wife, as I was really trying to find stability, uh, and I, again, this has been a lifelong struggle of mine. There was a key point where I realized I don't have the right to weaponize my mental health in the sense of I Mm. don't get to make her my victim. It's okay that I have mental health struggles. It's okay that I'm bipolar. It's okay that I'm anxious. It's not my fault. Those are not things I can control. What I do control is what I do with it. And I am responsible for my actions. And so the idea that we don't support men who are struggling mentally because we don't allow them to abuse us is a false point. It's not fair. We are here for it. I will listen to anyone talk about their mental health. I will do whatever I can to help people, but I will not sacrifice myself. I will not become a martyr for your mental health. Oh, it's so good the way you put that. Like we we care, but we will not be the victims of it. It's just so good. Because I feel like that's true I, on our side of TikTok, where as women, we're we're talking about, we're also talking about men's mental health. It's crazy to me. It is wild that men are trying to portray it as though we're not talking about that. That's one of the main topics of my page lately is the mental health of men and the harms that patriarchy has done to them too. But I am not saying what they want to hear, you know, and you too, right? This, your entire podcast is about this. It's, it's, yes, we get it you have been harmed, but you don't get to get your mess all over everybody else. How come we women are going to therapy to deal with the shit that you do to us because you refuse to go to therapy? And guess what? We'll even give you an out for that. We will even let you know that, hey, we understand why you don't go to therapy because men and women, sadly, will call you um, a, a girl will emasculate you for going and that's wrong and we want to address the bigger systemic issue Mm -hmm. to get you to actually go to therapy and deal with this but you won't so instead we go to therapy and then somehow we're still the problem i mean so many women are in therapy to recover from men yes they're not in therapy because of their own mental health issues they are literally unpacking trauma from Mm -hmm. the men who refuse to unpack it in the first place had the yeah. men unpacked their trauma, they wouldn't be in. Th- you know what I'm saying? It's like you, the the ripple effect of what you do. It's not that we don't care about you. We just care about ourselves. We're, right. We just care about our own mental health. And like, this is across the board. Like 
my like men, women, non-binary trans folks, we all struggle. We all mm -hmm. struggle with mental health, but men who are toxic believe they have the right and entitlement to use others as their, as, as their trauma holders, as their anchor holders. That's and right. that's the difference. So it's, you know, we say like this, this particular episode, we're saying like a lot of men and women, because that's the dynamic of these conversations a lot of the time because we're dealing with with sexism right and so like a lot of times this guy is speaking in, in men and women terms but i'm sorry mental health struggles isn't just a men's issue but what we see a lot of is men making it everybody else's issue when they are struggling. Yes. and to me that is the difference that is what we have a problem with and that is why we are saying no more they have been throwing it on us for so many years. And for once, we are pushing that shit right back and saying, you need to deal with this. We will sit all day with you. We will sit with you. We will be there. Like, we will be, like, championing you to deal with your shit. It is never that we won't sit with you. We just won't do the work for you. That's right. And you mentioned earlier, you know, well, women aren't sleeping with men. And, and men are pointing to that as being the reason why their mental health is struggling. But... In, in bisexual and sapphic spaces, what we're talking about is how a lot of bisexual women are, are, are I remember having this, this kind of identity crisis when my husband and I were separated as a woman who's known that I was bi since I was, you know, very young from the moment I learned that that was actually a thing sure. um, that like. I remember when we separated and I thought we were heading towards divorce, I started wondering, like, I know that I'm always going to be bisexual, but I think I may just decide to be done with men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a lot of bisexual women are reaching that point. And it's sad because it's almost like they're having to kill off a side of their identity. I've, I've had a lot of friends who grew up, you know, calling themselves bisexual, who call themselves lesbians now. And I asked them, I'm like, do you really, so which, do you feel that you always were a lesbian, but bisexual just kind of felt like a more acceptable term. And a lot of them have said like, no, actually, I think I am still bi, but I will never date men again. So I guess I just, I just kind of call myself a lesbian now. I'm, I'm a lesbian in practice. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad that like, that that queer women are having to kill off a bit of themselves just in order to survive men and be safe yeah and you said it best you were like i i listed off all of my mental health struggles and then i said i'm gay and i made that sound like being gay is a mental health struggle but no being gay is the solution to so many of my mental health struggles it's like yeah i mean from from my perspective and like i'm a little bit in a weird category because i actually like i like visually I'm attracted to everybody. And even up until a certain point, I'm like kissing people. I liked kissing every, like there's, it was just when it got down to the, you know, big event. <laughs> big <laughs> I was like, event. I was like, ah, God. Um, but if we're talking about the safety of women in safe spaces, like when I was in, in that, uh, like, well, when I thought I was straight, I guess, <laughs> but like, <laughs> When I was in those spaces with men, spaces that were meant to be safe, they were not safe. And like so many times I was giving cues and, and saying things that made it clear I was not interested. I didn't want, you know, like I, I was not, you know, I was, I was not attracted to what was happening. 
And so many times it didn't matter and they didn't care. And like the fact that I was able to exist in that space and date all those men who would point out, literally would point out the signs that I was not interested, but it would be, you need to fix that. Like I would have my uh, freeze response explained to me. He noticed it. This was with a really bad one. We don't need to get, we'll stay trauma light. But my <laughs> freeze response explained to me it was noticed, it was understood as to what it was, but I was told you need to fix that because my, I, I am more important here. My, mm -hmm. my enjoyment in this space is more important than yours. And I think that's what we're seeing. It's like, there is a genuine fear of being to this man's point vulnerable in these spaces with men. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's mm -hmm. like, I felt that firsthand, like I should not have been able to survive in those spaces that long. There were so many points that they knew that I, I wasn't comfortable. It's like, and it was never addressed. And if it was addressed, it was my fault. And it's like, we're tired of doing that. Like we're tired yeah. of like, you fix you. There's so much that there's so much in a relationship when it's a man and a woman, where it's like always on the woman to change, always on the woman to fix, even in a situation like that. And I think we're finally at the point where women are like, you know what? I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe yeah. in that space. I don't want to do that anymore. And, and it is sad because I know good men. I'm friends with good men. They are out there, but like we just cannot and will not dim our light. We will not hold hold their stuff. We will not twist ourselves into pretzels so that these guys can feel comfortable when they are doing the bare minimum to make us feel safe, secure, and loved and appreciated. Like we're just, we just can't do it anymore. And I think when met with this, men can either do the work or they can jump on book talk and start attacking women in mass. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? No, that's, that's the choice. I think that's the choice that we're coming to. And we're seeing what choice they're going to make next. But it's true. I mean, and it's sad. I, I will say this, like my husband and I having gone through our separation and both of us going to therapy, I've seen firsthand what happens when a man chooses to do the healing and do the work on his own and stop putting that on women. Um, and then, like you said, there's, there's those men. And then there's this guy. <laughs> That's why I love that hashtag, which is, I use it all the time. Not all men, but definitely this guy. <laughs> so true every person but in this case we're talking about men right every every man has the opportunity like we're all here for it we're all here for men to grow we're all here for them to 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 start joining us in these conversations like we're here it's just we're, we're not the villain of the story and we're not the the keeper <laughs> the keeper of the skills we're not here to say this is how you do it. Like we're, we're putting the emotional labor on you, but like, we're here for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is not us against you. It is not like you're off in no man's land. Oh, well, all, <laughs> all man's, land. <laughs> all man's <laughs> land, hashtag some man's land. Um, we can be space holders. We're mm -hmm. just not trauma holders anymore. And so oh. I hope, <laughs> but I, I truly hope if there's any men listening to this, like we, we are here for it and we want we want you to unpack the patriarchy as much as we want to unpack it. We want you to heal from the patriarchy. We want you to be able to be vulnerable. We want you to feel comfortable expressing your emotions and having intimate relationships 
that are not even sexual, intimate relationship with your guy friends, intimate yeah. relationship with women. Like we want you to have all these beautiful things that allow for vulnerability. And we're asking you to come with us on this journey. We're just not going to walk it for you. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. This whole, this I'm getting, my heart's racing as you're talking about this. It's just so good. So good. Do you have any final thoughts for us? I feel like, I feel like, I feel like we've touched on it all, which is <laughs> weird for me because usually I'm like, yes, yes, yes. In fact, I do have more I want to say, <laughs> but, but I feel like we, I feel really good about where we're at. Like, I, I think that's such a perfect way to, to end it, you know? Well, before we end it, Amber, something that I really want to talk about is your book. Can you, <laughs> can you give us a little bit of information? Because we're excited. Yeah, sure. So um, it's going to be coming out in fall 2024. It's currently in the editorial process with my publisher. So the working title of the book is Self-Care Potato Chips, How to Choose Nourishing Self-Care in an Empty Calorie Culture. It's for women, but of course, men are welcome to read it as well. I think it's it touches on things that are very much the human experience, but it's definitely written from a progressive millennial woman's perspective. So I, I touch on self-care not in the typical things that we hear about, like bubble baths and all that stuff. It's more about um, taking care of your mental health and your physical, emotional, and mental well-being in your relationships, your friendships, your family dynamic at work, and when it comes to your mental health and communication. So it's part mem memoir, part self-help, and uh, I'm really excited about it because it touches on you know, we said at the beginning of the podcast that I had pitched this book about miscarriage and my agent had said, this isn't, you're not the voice for this. Please write something about what you're doing on social media and self-care potato chips is the amalgamation of everything that I talk about on TikTok. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. First of all, I'm going to be reading that for sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's amazing because I remember feeling like so limited by the idea of self-care as it was presented to me because like it is often seen as like candlelit bubble bath like mm -hmm. uh, get your nails done get your hair done, which like all of that is completely justified like that's great like i love a good bath i love a good bath bomb we know this but it's so much deeper and we have so much more available to us and there's so much healing that can be done when we rethink what is self-care i just love already your book but but I love that that this is something you're talking about I think that's really incredible well thank you I'm I'm really excited about it I'll make sure I send you a copy once I get my my pre-release copies oh my gosh I'm so excited <laughs> okay uh Amber also how can people hear more from you because I guarantee you they'll want yeah so I have a website amberwardell.com that's where I do my daily blogs um but you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube under sensible underscore Amber well, I, I really appreciate you jumping on here so quickly. This was like, we have to talk about this now. Uh, <laughs> just me and you being crazy people on TikTok, but I'm glad we were able to address it. I hope people have been able to unpack this nice guy mentality so that next time they see the same guy, well, hopefully not the same guy, but <laughs> a, guy <laughs> a guy like this who is who is doing performative uh feminism or however you want to call it and they get that gut feeling i'm hoping they learn to trust it uh because we've seen that so many people were right on the money so uh thank you to amber for being here make sure to check out all her stuff 
Uh, thank you to all my listeners. If you have your own story, please send it to the F the Nice Guy podcast. And we have a Patreon, which, you know, we're putting extra stuff on things from the episode that didn't quite make it because God, we all know how to talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, and Patreon exclusive episodes as well. So make sure to check it out. I'll have a link. So thank you again to Amber. Thank you to everybody who's listening. And as always, my friends. F the nice guy. <laughs>